how and why to pray in the Holy Ghost and uh, keep yourselves in the love of God. Praying through the Bible series, message number, Wednesday number 481. Jude 17, verse 21, the Holy Word of God. But beloved, or beloved, it's my favorite way of saying it, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves sensual having not the spirit. But ye beloved or beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Holy Father God, in heaven we pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ today. And Holy Father God, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Holy Father God, we who are saved praise you and we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. We praise you and we thank you for your system of grace. And uh, prayer is a part of that system. And Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for the center of the system, your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who has all authority given to him by you in his hands, sitting at your right hand right now. We praise you and we thank you for your Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Give us great insight into this passage as we start a new mini-series within a series. And Holy Father God, uh, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for your Holy Word, and help all Christians to do that tonight, for so many are falling away, as you know, and as you predicted, unfortunately and sadly, and sadly some of us know it, and we're just going with the flow of it. And Holy Father God, help those of us who are saved and who are sincere 
Help us all to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent and to get back to you our first love. Lord, help every saint, every person who is truly saved to confess their sins unto you tonight and to repent of their sins. Help us all, Lord. Please continue to have mercy and grace upon each and every one of us. And Lord, forgive us of our sins, our faults, and our failures. And Holy Father God, wash and cleanse us in the precious blood of Christ and make us to be whiter than snow on the inside. Uh, Lord, I do pray uh, that you would crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh and fill us with the power, the unction, and the anointing of your Holy Spirit to hear your Holy Word, to obey your Holy Word, and to preach your Holy Word. Help us not to be hearers only. And Lord, we pray uh, tonight that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic, demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias, uh, Lord, uh, out of my wife's life, save her soul, change her life, and have it to be real in her life, uh, her salvation. We pray that for all people in uh, uh, our family and in other Christian families and in churches across the country and around the globe. Uh, for you have shown me that there are many people who are religious, church-going, but lost and on their way to a devil's hell. And so, Lord, open blinded eyes, unstop deaf ears, save those who are lost, revive those who are saved, cast out the devil and the demons of hell out of their lives that use them uh, uh, at any given moment to try to hinder your gospel and to try to hinder your word and your work. <clears throat> and Lord, rebuke and bind our enemy, the devil, his demons, and his hosts from uh, the lives of your saved ones. Protect them from the persecutors used by the devil to persecute them. And uh, Lord, give us sweet victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Lord, tonight, as always, and uh, for you have never failed us, no matter who the devil uses. And uh, Lord, I pray for other pastors and uh, families of servants of yours across the nation. Over 50% have quit and want to quit. The other 40% or so, or 45%, are depressed and defeated and uh, have effectively quit. And so, Lord, uh, the devil has worn down many people in your work. Lord, we have evidently very few of your called preachers standing tall and, and standing strong. And this is so sad. And, uh, and, mo and most of the pastors have joined with the devil and the government and have uh, sanctioned and... Uh, uh, promoted homosexuality in your church and in the country. And now they don't know why they're in the mess that they're in. 
Thank you, Lord, for the clarity of your holy word. Thank you, Lord, for the clarity of your Holy Spirit. And thank you, Lord, for the remnant church. Thank you, Lord, for the 7,000 church. And thank you, Lord, for the faithful few. Uh, and, uh, uh, Lord, uh, sad to say we find the faithful few uh, in all of the Wednesday night services of the churches that are still having Wednesday night prayer meeting and help them going forward to pray and not just to have Bible study and other strange and, and, and other discuss, discussions that are strange uh, uh, in light of the fact they should, should be, uh, they're supposed to be studying the Bible. And so, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, on this Wednesday night, please rebuke and bind the devil, his demons, and his hosts. Lord, from uh, our family and from all other Christian families, all other people who are stri striving to serve you in this country and around the globe. And Lord, uh, I love being here on Wednesdays. I love these many services as we're preaching on prayer through the Bible. And now, Lord, we're in the book of Jude. We pray that uh, uh, you will open it up and uh, illuminate it, as we have said in the past, and help us to understand it deeper and better now than ever before. Uh, and, Lord, Lord, we all know that Jude does not play. He, he gets to the point and he's, he's done. So, Lord, help us uh, to deal with Jude tonight and have Jude to deal with us by the power of your Holy Ghost. Uh, for uh, some of these things seem to be difficult. Lord, we pray that you will help us to get them unraveled and help us to understand them and to be better Christians for that and save those who are lost, revive those who are saved. Uh, glorify your holy name, lift up your holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and help us to do that, to glorify your holy name and to lift up your holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, Lord, remembering something that uh, Brother Rodney Queen taught me about many years ago when uh, they would have Wednesday night services. <coughs> When he and I would get on the radio after the Wednesday night services, he called it the afterglow. And uh, and I remember that. And so, Lord, uh, we have always had great afterglows, uh, for the most part, uh, with uh, uh, a special Wednesday night dinner and popcorn with everything that's good on it. And so, uh, Lord, uh, bless our afterglow as well, and uh, bless all of the afterglows of all of the Wednesday night services. There ought to be a glow if uh, your people have been in prayer and have met you through your word. We know you're there, and Lord, we also know that you're coming back. And so help us to continue to look forward to your coming and have it to purify us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you may be seated.
uh, in the house of the Lord. <coughs> As I said, I am preaching in your hearing a new series. This is the beginning of a new series. I hope that we will ride uh, in this series at least for seven Wednesday nights <coughs> as we are not in a rush. How and why or why and how to pray in the Holy Ghost and keeping uh, and keep yourselves in the love of God. Two very interesting um, parts of this passage. We made it into a title. John Bunyan, I had the privilege of visiting his jail cell and I had the privilege of standing in his pulpit. I still have that picture. Uh, at the church there. The author, the author of Pilgrim's Progress said prayer is a sincere, sensible, affectionate pouring out of the soul to God through Jesus Christ in the strength and assistance of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, for such things as God has promised and as God will provide. Go ahead and show me those things. Beloved, as you know, in our last few messages, and uh, I think all pastors, all preachers go through this, they, they get into a, uh, let me see the first one, there you go, they get into a series, and they love it so much because the Word of God is so rich, they, they hate to leave it. Next. They hate to leave it. And I, I, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I did not want to leave that series uh, that we were in before. Uh, this one. By the way, welcome to our friends on BCNN1. When I go live now, and I only go live on Facebook and uh, many other places, but BCNN1, Gospel Light House of Prayer. Gospelite Society. You can go to any of those sites. Go to Church Online, uh, Facebook, YouTube. Okay, is that it? All is looking well. But as I was saying, I did not want to leave that series. And we're getting ready to leave another series that I preach on Saturdays. I don't want to leave that one either. Just, just powerful, powerful stuff. And you know that you can get so much more out of it. My son is helping me with the sermons and messages. 
and he's keeping me moving. Otherwise, I probably would stay uh, a little bit longer. Anyway, beloved, in our last few messages in this series, we looked at what it means to be sober. <coughs> Sober-minded, watchful, and prayerful in a world where the devil is prowling about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In this series, we are looking at what the Apostle Jude has to say about building ourselves up on the faith by praying in the Holy Ghost and keeping ourselves in the love of God. The Bible has some very interesting uh, phrases, sentences that you know are divine in origin. And I find some of what we read tonight that uh, intriguing and interesting in a special way. As we uh, always do, I want you to get a firm foundation uh, regarding this passage. And so we're going to start tonight uh, by laying the foundation and uh, giving you some background information for what I loved about Bible-believing be- uh, Bible preachers so many years ago, over 42 years ago now, I loved the preachers, be they black or white, to stand flat-footed, no hooping, no hollering, uh, and all of that, but who taught, who preached the Bible line upon line, and, and, and here a little, there a little, and they gave you some background, some historical uh, information about the passage. And uh, so I do it another way since I preach so much. Um, And I want to make sure you get that because I learned also a long time ago. And if you're saved, you've learned a long time ago. The power is not in the sweet, wonderfully crafted title which I thought was a big deal back in those days. Oh, we had some titles for you. Totally out of context. Had nothing to do with the passage, but we had some. We thought getting the title uh, magnificent and, and thought-provoking, we thought we were doing something, and, 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 and we didn't know what we were doing. Ignorant. Had nothing to do with the passage. We just grabbed it out of the sky. And, uh, and man, if it sounded good, if we, if we thought he could preach it, we'd just preach it and find a passage later. Uh, but the power I learned many years ago, the power is in the Word of God itself. God, 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 God taught, taught me that. 
God showed that to me. And God has reminded me of that for 42 years. And when I say God, I mean God. No man taught me that. God made it very clear to me that it is all about his word. You just feed my people my word. And you reach lost people with my word. Now he made that very clear to me. That's where the power is. In the word of God. And so the BKC commentary says about this interesting and uh, intriguing and somewhat strange passage. Powerful passage. Understand Jude did not play around. He was on it. In the words of my mother from the get-go. He, was, he started on fire and he uh, ended up on fire. Jude told his readers to remember what the apostles had foretold about scoffers. This is not in uh, uh, the BKC commentary, but I'm going to say it. He's a graduate of the, univer of the seminary. Uh, where the BKC comes from. And I believe they ought to strip his degrees. For he is a scoffer. And I don't care if you like it or not. His name is Andy Stanley, the son of Charles Stanley. Charles Stanley is not a scoffer. He's a true believer. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing up his name because I want to give you an example of a scoffer who scoffs at the word of God. At Ephesus, Paul warned of the savage wolves. Andy Stanley is a savage wolf. wolf. That's what I truly believe because he has tried to gut the Holy Bible uh, to encourage pastors and get pastors to bring homosexuals into the church as members of the church and uh, leaders in the church. He has gutted the Old Testament, gutted the Bible, and is now preaching uh, a, a strange gospel at least. Many people believe that he's a false prophet and not a prophet at all, but a false pastor, a false teacher. Whether the, you say, well, a preacher, you, 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 you uh, ought not to treat Andy like that. I love Andy. I love all of the children of Charles Stanley. I love Charles Stanley. And I believe that Charles Stanley has uh, taken him to the woodshed to say, "We don't. I, I don't. I didn't teach you that. You cannot destroy the Bible. You cannot attack the Bible 
because political leaders want you to be the conduit to bring homosexuals into the church fully, which the churches that have done so have been destroyed and are being destroyed. Nobody who is a born-again Christian in their right mind believes what he is doing is right. Dr. Richard Land, in a loving, scholarly way, condemned what he's doing. And for him, 80-plus years old, very educated, and never wants to, I mean, this is part of the Southern Baptist way, you don't say anything negative about uh, a, a, a preacher. That's the Southern Baptist way. The Bible way is you rebuke them before all that others may fear. We can't do that as Christians. If I get a girlfriend and uh, on the side, a side piece, Daniel White III with a side piece, I ought to be rebuked. You don't shove it under the rug. You don't throw it in the closet. Uh, I need to be rebuked publicly. That helps me. That helps the side piece. That helps my wife. That helps my family. That helps the church uh, at large. It helps all everybody. Rebuke me before all that others may fear. See that 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 has not helped the church. And and that's how. Watch this now. The Southern Baptists have done down through the years. The National Baptists, charismatic preachers, preachers mess up. They shove it under the rug. They hide it. They cover it. We can't do that anymore, people. That does not help anybody. You're not helping the preacher. You're not helping his wife. You're not helping his family. You're not helping the church. That wound, I mean, that, that that's... Uh, scar, that wound, or whatever it is, you got to pour some peroxide down up in there and let it burn, some alcohol and let it really burn, you got to dig it out, amen, you got to uh, 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 put some uh, neosporin on it, you got to get all of that out of there, you got to deal with it, otherwise it's going to keep on cropping up and popping up. Everywhere the preacher goes, thinking that he can get away with it. And God is not pleased with that. He put the church here to stop foolishness like that, to stop hypocritical preachers and false prophets and false pastors doing foolishness, whether it's behind uh, the podium with a chalkboard or in a hotel room with a side piece. We have to tell the truth and shame the devil. And a true pastor or preacher who saved, they will own up to it. Once you confront them, like Nathan confronted David, they will own up to it. Nathan said, Thou art the man, David said, I am. And he went and confessed his sins and repented of being with the fine and fat Bathsheba. I don't care if you like it or not, she was fine and fat. Yeah, I can guarantee you that. To make David, who loved the Lord, do that? She was something else. She was a brick house. I don't care if you like it or not, women. 
You sweet little man who can't say anything. <laughs> it's the truth. Because David loved the Lord. He really did. Okay. He was a man after God's own heart. He temporarily went insane when he saw Bathsheba bathing. He said, oh, I got to have it. I got to have it. We're talking about scoffers. And I said that uh, Andy Stanley is a scoffer, a false pastor, a false prophet, a false teacher who is doing his best to destroy the church. And one of the reasons why we're in this plague It's because of people like him. And I'm saying again to to Dr. Stetson especially if you want to remain his friend that's, that's your business but you, you don't need to follow him and put his ideas on church leaders for thousands of pastors to read. And you, and you should not endorse his uh, unprophetic book. I say this because God has raised you up to be a leader, a church leader. And what you say, many, many pastors, young pastors who don't know any better will, they will follow what you say. And I'm concerned about the church in general. And I'm concerned about you because I know you don't believe what Andy Stanley believes. I know that. I don't even have to ask you that. Nor does the great churchman Russell Moore. Anyway, at Ephesus, Paul warned of the savage wolves. I would venture to say that Andy Stanley is one of the most savage wolves in the history of the church. I, I don't know, but one other man who tried to pull this a long time ago. And multi multiple people are saying this. Multiple people have taken down Andy Stanley. He does not have uh, uh, any ground to stand on. He's a, he's a um, situation comedy. He's a joke. And I love everybody. I ain't mad at nobody. And I hope that he repents. I hope that he apologizes for the damage he's done to the church. I hope that Dr. Greer would say would rebuke him and apologize for letting him uh, use him to cause great damage to the Southern Baptist Convention. And that he and, and call him and say, man, I can't roll with you anymore. 
I don't care how much money you you paid me, and you're not getting it back. And there are certain people, people you need to understand, who are evil, but they just know how to smooge. Smooth, I think is the word. And they know how to uh, get people. It's, 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 a, it's demonic. It is demonic. They know how to cozy up the people and, and work them. A woman told Andy Stanley that um, he was a great communicator. And that went to his head. And he never has been called by God. He said that himself. He just volunteered. Well, if you're a volunteer, you get behind a true God-called man. So that he can guide you. And you stop being uh, a pain in the neck. To the church. Remember now, people. Hillsong has been destroyed because Lynch, not because Lynch committed adultery. The church has survived that for years. And pastors have survived that for years. And still do. The truly called pastors. But the church has been, the Hillsong Church has been destroyed with a documentary. Now you are really destroyed. They made a movie of you. You were so evil and so bad. They made a movie. It's now time for... uh, Somebody to make a movie about the Catholic Church and the Pope. Let's get that going. Oh, but you don't want to get that going because the Pope runs the whole world. Do you know what the greatest kingdom is on earth right now? Is the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church has their tentacles everywhere. He's he's a ruler of the world. He's like a king. And he's the only king living today that's got uh, constituents in every country of the world. Okay. Now, so let's do. But you see, they don't want to do that. The government, they, they, they can. The Vatican controls governments, presidents, who is voted in, who is voted out. What, what, what you're going to believe, what you're going to do, and so forth. So nobody wants to mess with the Pope. But anyway, that's what should be done. They need to be completely exposed on video. How many of you remember Chick? The author of the Chick tracks. He was on top of him. He was the only one on top of him. He 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 hurt him. He damaged him real bad. Savage wolves that would come in to destroy the flock and distort the truth. That's what Andy Stanley has done. And yes, I'm well aware that Andy Stanley or somebody uh, connected to people who love Andy Stanley uh, could try to harm me or hurt me or kill me. I, I know that. Uh, I'm ducking and dodging devils every day. Because a person like Andy Stanley, I think, is a very vindictive person. 
But this is my view. This is my opinion. This is what uh, God has put in my heart. And I've been rebuking him for years. Before anybody else. When he has done well, I have, I have said he, he did well. On a certain issue. That really does not have anything to do with the word of God. That much. He sounded similar warnings of apostasy to Timothy. Apostasy. The falling away. And, and, and quite frankly, people in America, I would not be surprised that if we have only five hundred thousand real Christians, that's how bad it is. Or less than that, or maybe a little more. Real born again believers. We're not talking about churchgoers. For you can go to church for years and still die and go to hell. Everybody should know that. Peter had addressed the same issue. The quotation in Jude 18 is a loose rendering of Peter's words in 2 Peter 3 3 and at the same time it summarized Paul's warnings as stated in Jude 18 and 19 these intruders I have oftentimes called Andy Stanley an outsider He's a Judas, not a Jude, and has been bought with a price. I'm dealing with this tonight because with all that has happened, the rebuke of Jesus Christ, the rebuke of God with the coronavirus plague, and... Uh, you better look to God. Don't look to Fauci. Uh, Fauci, uh, uh, the article came. An article came out right after he announced that he believes that we're out of the pandemic phase. Yeah, the vice president of the United States is sick with it after four vaccines. China is on fire with it right now. So you can believe him if you want to. Those of you who want to believe a lie, go ahead, right ahead and do that. I, and I, I like Dr. Fauci. I think he's done a pretty good job. But he's just sick of the whole thing like everybody else. And so he's under pressure to tell you something good. Wasn't it Shaka Khan who sung that song? Tell me something good. Wow. Tell me that you love me. Well, you know, most Americans want to hear something good, and it's not the good news. They want to, they would rather hear a lie and have false hope. It is not wise, it is not, it is not wise, it is foolish to tell a country that we're out of the pandemic phase or the plague phase 
when the vice president herself is still sick and in on in in quarantining somewhere. And people are still getting sick every day. But if you want to follow him, you go right ahead. That's all right. Uh, but he's said things like this before, and so have many others. Who shoot, and that's why I told him uh, lovingly and respectfully, you need to go sit down and let somebody take over. You've done a great job. I'm not mad at you, just, but you need to go sit down somewhere and retire and let somebody else take over. And because just the other day, uh, he said that another surge is going to hit us in the fall. But with all that has happened, my beloved, with the plague, now the war, um, people threatening us with bombs, nuclear bombs, and so forth. Andy Stanley and others and his cohorts are still trying to promote trying to destroy the foundation of our faith, which is the Bible, the Word of God, talking about we need to disconnect the Old Testament from the New Testament. The devil is a lie, plus that is impossible. Just East alone reminds you that you can't do that. It's wonderful. And this is only God would do something like this. It is wonderful that the New Testament, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, sits down beautifully and wonderfully on top of the foundation of Israel and the Old Testament. That's just genius. It's genius because God knows people like to have a foundation. That they're, 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 people love to have a foundation and something that they can build on. And that's even mentioned in this passage. Just, just the phrasing of it is mentioned in this passage. Okay? It's, it's beautiful to be connected as we went through the Easter Holy Week. It's beautiful to be connected to something so powerful like the Old Testament and the Israelites. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's a part of our faith. The Old Testament. Moses and the law. And let me show you something that God showed me today. You know what the Bible is all about? You know what God is all about? You know what Jesus is all about? You know what uh, Christianity is all about? You know what uh, the Israelites or uh, the Old Testament is all about? Listen to me carefully. You know what, what God is all about and wants you to do? He wants you to obey his commandments. See, Jesus Christ, I'm an evangelist. So I'm all about the beginning of your salvation. Pastors need to take it from there. And, and I, I, have, I've, I have done the work of the pastor. 
because I, I, I believe so many pastors and churches are confused. They don't understand the importance, uh, many of them, of taking a young babe from step one, step two, step three, and really dealing with them like that. But So that's why I do that. But uh, my point is, I'm all about the beginning of your salvation. I'm all about your getting saved from hell. I go that route because the other route is too complicated for you to understand and get a hold of. That is, there are many benefits and there are many blessings, uh, you know, if you get saved and through Jesus. And you can, God will bless you with this, peace and joy and happiness, I know. Well, I'm, I, my, my main job is to get you saved from hell right now. Then all of that will come. One of the main reasons why I got saved, the main reason why I got saved, for the first time I understood I was going to hell. And for the first time I understood the gospel. Because the man took his time and explained it to me. But you need to understand something. That uh, you get saved. Once you trust Christ as Savior. God is all about you obeying his commandments. And so is Jesus. And Jesus is God. God is Jesus. They are one. That's why Jesus said in the, in the New Testament, if you love me, keep my commandments. Yes, it's all about love, but it's about your loving him enough to keep his commandments. See, from Genesis, Mr. Andy Stanley. I can't call you brother because I think you're lost and on your way to hell personally. But uh, from Genesis to Revelation is all about God's people lovingly obeying his commandments. You got saved to obey his commandments. Because if you don't understand that and you don't want to do that, you're missing out on the blessings that God has for you. You're missing out on the abundant life. For real. I don't care if you have a Bentley or not. That's not that's not the abundant life. Having a nice car and a nice house, that's not the abundant life. This probably means you're just in debt. The abundant life is much deeper than that. The 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 abundant life uh, the abundant life and grace has everything to do with your getting to the point in your Christian life that you fear God, you love Jesus enough to obey God and to obey Jesus. If that's not happening in your life, you need to examine yourself and see whether or not you be you you, you be in the faith. In a very real sense. And so it is a beautiful thing. To have our faith. The Christian faith. Rooted and grounded. In Moses. And uh, the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament. Whether you like it or not. Is beautiful. There's nothing wrong with the law. It's pure. And holy. Uh, the Old Testament is 
magnificent. See, when you're truly are saved, you, you appreciate the Old Testament and the New Testament. And watch this. You can get just as many blessings in the Old Testament from reading the Old Testament as you can reading the New Testament. Mr. Anders Stanley, I know I'm right about it. And I know I'm not going to change you. I'm not trying to. Nor do I have any interest in meeting you. I, I would not want to be in the same room with you unless God strike us dead with the foolishness you said against God. Son, you're in trouble. Not with me, with God. Preaching that false gospel and that false foolishness, that foolishness. As stated in Jude 18, 19, these intruders scoffed, these outsiders scoffed, they, they, and that's what he does. He scoffs at all the preachers that his dad, his dad knows. He's, he's laughing even at his dad. He wouldn't say that. And he wants you to believe that everything is all right. This, I can guarantee you, everything's not all right with Charles Stanley and Annie Stanley with him preaching that foolishness because he never taught and his to preach that garbage. Never. He doesn't want to be associated with it. I guarantee you that. He's probably trying to get Andy saved like I, I'm trying to get my wife saved. They followed their own ungodly desires and mere natural instincts and sought to divide believers. And that's what people like Andy Stanley and his cohorts are doing. And we got some who kind of like him because he he has multiple buildings, you know, multiple campuses, and he did this and that and so forth. All of it is rotting. If he doesn't confess his sins, repent, get saved, and cut this foolishness out. At one time we thought uh, we were so hard, everybody was so hard on him, we thought he stopped, and now he's coming back again with his foolishness. Now he's saying again that we don't need the Bible for Jesus Christ, uh, for us to give people the hope of Jesus Christ. Man, have you lost your mind? Have you lost your, I don't know if you had a righteous mind or not. Have you lost your uh, unrighteous mind? Such men obviously did not have the Holy Spirit and thus were not born again. And this is where we are today. Do you have the Holy Spirit? For if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't pray in the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Are you born again? If not, why not? If not, get born again tonight. By believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. On this Wednesday night, if you're here with us tonight and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, Please understand the gospel. And to understand the gospel, you must hear the bad news. Yes, Jesus Christ 
himself preached the bad news. But he preached the good news, the gospel, like no other. He preached it first, and he preached it best. First, please understand, my dear friends, that you are a sinner, just as I am, and that you have broken God's laws, just as I have. So has the Pope, so has bishops, priests, doctors of theology, the Dalai Lama, and even Joel Osteen. We all have sinned against God, unfortunately and sadly, and it should not feel good, and uh, we need forgiveness and we need to repent. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have broken God's law. His Ten Commandments. See? And that's why you go to hell for breaking His commandments, not obeying His commandments. That's Old Testament. But all of His commandments are good for today. And for not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. For who paid for the sins that you have committed based upon the Old Testament. Such as lying. Have you ever told a lie? Have you ever put your hand on the Bible and perjured yourself? You lied about what you were saying. Very dangerous, by the way. Have you ever stolen anything? Do you know there are people who are thieves? They don't need to steal. They have the money to buy it. But they're so wicked, as Augustine taught us, they steal it because, they want to steal because uh, it's just the thrill of it. Augustine tells the story, he stole stuff and gave it away. He just loved doing evil. That, that um, aspect of sin is there in every sin. We, we are sinners, we are uh, sin factories, and we love darkness more than we love light, like Jesus Christ said. Sin is, you talk about addiction, sin is so addicting. We love it. We love doing evil because it is evil to do. It's in our flesh. It's in our nature. And see, but the problem with sin is that one sin is not enough. Sin would take you further than you wanted to go, keep you longer than you wanted to stay, make you pay more than you wanted to pay. This is why God warns us against sin. The Bible warns us against sin because it's going to destroy you anyway. Sin destroys you. It doesn't destroy God. There are things that he does not want you to do because it's going to end up being a mess. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. There's a punishment for sin always. There has to be. It is that way in this life. It has been that way even with secular sinful people. It's been that way 
since the beginning of time. Sin, evil, crimes have to be paid for. Nobody, please understand this, nobody including, including slick you will get away with their sin in God's world and in God's economy. That's not happening. That's not happening. If the judges down here don't get you, if the police officers down here don't get you, God will get you. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. That is the first judgment, the first punishment for sin uh, is death. And please understand that if God will allow you to die because of the sins you chose to do and because you rejected his son, Jesus Christ, as your Savior, he will allow you to go to hell, to spend eternity. God wants you to know that. I don't use God's name loosely. I don't say God said something and spoke to my heart about something if he didn't do so. I don't. I can't. I'm not going to do that because I don't want to get in trouble with him. I fear him. I don't use his name loosely. Now, when I, when I tell you God told me to tell you that, you better believe that. So, death is real and hell is real. For the Bible says, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Third, accept the fact that you are on the road to hell right now. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 18, 8, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Hell is a very real place. Because Jesus Christ said so. He just preached to you the bad news. He wants you to understand that hell is so hot and hell is so full of fire and maggots and grinding of teeth and pain and horror that it's better for you to cut off your hand, your foot, uh, gouge out your eye and believe in him and go to heaven without your eye, without your hand, and without your foot. Then to go to hell with your uh, foot, your hand, and your eyes. Because he knows you won't be able to see anything in hell anyway, and you won't be able to party like you think you're going to party. There will not be no Budweiser down in hell, and no bars, and no party floors, and nothing like that. So that's the bad news. Hell is the bad news. Here's the good news. Jesus Christ said the most wonderful, most loving, most magnificent, and most important words ever said in the history of the world to mankind. When he said in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you want to get saved from the bad news of going to hell, 
then you must believe the good news. God is giving you a free gift of salvation to go to heaven. In my humble opinion, it would be foolishness not to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered and who bled and who died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. You don't have to work for this free gift. You don't have to be in a church. You don't have to be a member of a church. You don't have to sing in the choir. You don't have to uh, give any money to the church. You don't have to get baptized to get saved. Just do what he told you to do. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved. Pray and ask him to come to your heart, come into your heart, to save your soul today, and he will. Romans 10.9 and Romans 10.13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven to be with the Lord forever. And God really wants you to be there. That's why he is waiting on you now. For God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and faith in Christ. God is waiting on you. And you can believe in him right now. Believe in your heart, in the Lord Jesus Christ, and in his gospel. He was born of the Virgin Mary. That means no man had sex with Mary before Jesus Christ was born. He was a miracle baby like none other. Therefore, he lived a holy, pure, and clean life. He never sinned in word, thought, deed, or attitude because he is the Son of God. And he cannot lie. He proved that he was the Son of God because he walked on the water. He went out on the deck in a storm and said, Peace be still. In other words, Wind, be quiet, waves sit down, and they obeyed him. Why did the sea obey him? Because he made the sea. Why could he walk on the water? Because he made the water. He fed thousands with just a little bit of food. Thousands and food left over. That's the Son of God for you. He went to the tomb of Lazarus, who had been dead several days and was stinking, the Bible says. Wrapped up like a mummy, Jesus cried, Lazarus, come forth. Because Jesus Christ is God, the Son of God. Someone said that if he had called Lazarus, uh, 
If he had not called Lazarus' name, everybody in the grave all over the world would have come out. Because he is God, the Son of God. And if he's the Son of God, then he's God. So he is the God-man. And he's the only one who can save you. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Believe in him tonight. Call on his name. Pray and ask him to save your soul, and he will save you. Follow me in prayer, and I'll help you with the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase, as I did over 42 years ago. And mean it from your heart, and God will save you through your faith in Christ. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner, and that I have sinned against you. Repeatedly and in so many ways. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I believe in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, and that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, as the sacrificial Passover Lamb of God, for the entire world. Jews and Gentiles, Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Save my soul from the hell that I deserve. And please save my soul to the heaven that I don't deserve. Fill me with your Holy Ghost tonight. And help me to truly repent of all of my sins. And help me to turn from all of my evil ways. To follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus. For it is in your name I do pray. Amen. A dear friend of mine, if you just believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the Word of God, you are now saved from hell and you are on your way to heaven. That's if you were sincere. Welcome to the family of God, dear friend. Congratulations on believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have done the most important thing in life. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. 
Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you. Real good is my prayer. Uh, we're going to go into another prayer meeting, uh, and uh, I was going to preach two uh, messages, but since this message took me a little bit longer, uh, we will, if the Lord tarries is coming and we live, we'll be back here tomorrow night with that message. So let's all stand for our closing prayer. Holy Father God in heaven, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us now to go into our next prayer meeting as we pray for, uh, we do, we're going to intercessory prayer for a whole lot of different people. Grant us your grace and your strength and the power of your Holy Spirit to pray for them. Bless the afterglow everywhere, including here. And Holy Father God, I pray that you will help everybody uh, under the sound of my voice to examine themselves and see whether or not they be in the faith and make sure that they're saved, revived, true Christian, revived true Christians. And Lord, help us to pray in the Holy Ghost and to keep ourselves in the love of God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for sake. Amen. God bless you, dear friends. Until next time.